how do I retain them? And I go, ah, now you're going to talk about communication. Yes. Now you're going to talk about develop them and give them a career plan. And now you got to talk about, I'm going to touch the third rail. This is fun when I touch the third rail. Right? Was this, can we talk about their schedule? Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and we are doing a very special episode today. We are doing the Matador Buscast. Buscast, not podcast, Buscast. You know, I've done podcasts in planes, trains, automobiles, and yachts, but I've never done it in a bus. I wanted bus. to be on that one. <laughs> that one was that one was fun. I tell you though, you want to talk about some really tricky audio. Like you're out there, there's construction going on in the background. There are helicopters flying over us. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this feels a, just a little bit better. I yeah. am calling it a bus, but it is a monster thing of a bus. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> like, no, this is a it's, this is what they wrote Party on Wheels for. Yeah, you know you know what they call this thing? They call it Big Tex. It is the largest party bus in North America. Seriously? <laughs> that's that's their claim and to fame. And it's in Texas. Well, of course it is. Why, yeah. why, why wouldn't it be, right? <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. But hey, guys, what's going on? I have Dave with Quantum 5 with me. Dave, thank you for coming and taking the time oh, to jam with me. Uh, it's awesome to be here. <laughs> this is going to be yeah. great. Hey, Dave, um, I always like kicking off these podcasts with a little origin story. Hey, because mm -hmm. I got to be honest with you, I'm always fascinated how people get into the industry because... No one just wakes up one day and goes, yeah, that's what I want to go do, you know? So, so Dave, how did you get into this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Yeah, so I was one of those ones born in it, right? Okay. So I grew up with a dad who was a dealer. Um, my dad was a brilliant dealer, though. He sold them all before I could ruin them. <laughs> I, I love saying that. If, there, if there's a dealer it. watching, please forgive me for that, right? But my dad was like, no, don't go in the car business. So, so you're not a PhD. You're no, not a Papa has dealership. Okay. No, no. I was, I was an oops, right? I have three older brothers. My, I, you know, my dad had me when he was 44, and it was his goal to say, Dave, go to college. Go do something. Don't go in the car business. By the way, I'm selling those dudes, right? And so my dad was a small-town <laughs> dealer. I, I think he was like one of that last generation that became a dealer right after World War II, um, didn't hadn't finished high school, Jason. Yeah. Right. And uh, got approved to be a dealer. And then all small town stores, you know, little 80, 90 car a month kind of places. Um, so grew up around them, washing cars, sneaking cars off the used car lot when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> that whole deal. Right. Of course. Um, so I get out of college and I look at job offers and they pay less than I was making selling cars part time. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, I'll do this, and maybe he won't catch me for a while. And I got caught, and he said, I thought, I really don't want you to do this, but I like the business. Went to work yes. for a great dealer in the Chicago market, Bob Rorman, just passed, bless his soul, um, you know, and, and learned the car business. Stayed in retail for the first seven years, um, yeah. and, and then escaped to where I am today, which has been on the learning, development, and help people side since then. Yeah, I, look, I've always been, you know, a fan of what you guys do from a distance. I think it's it's, it's very cool. You know, I have uh, three major pillars um, that I look at in the automotive industry, and that's, that's we are an industry of people, process, and technology. And it's yeah. and and I'll tell you, it, I've had the opportunity to interview hundreds of dealers, and 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 some real serious operators. I mean, real true operators, and I've always found that they've just had an amazing, just uncandid talent. 
for balancing their people, their process, and their technology mm -hmm. in a way that's that 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 creates amazing, you know, employee culture and just phenomenal customer experience. You know, and so that that's I think that's where and, we're going to. And it takes both of those two, doesn't it? It right? it, it does to create. CX. Yes, and and, and I like this because this is the direction we're going to go today, right? And, and, and I think it's super super important, right? For everybody out there that's watching, and listening, you know, I think we have a tendency of going and and saying like, yeah, no, we got to get it, we got to build an experience, we got to build an experience. But like, what is the foundation of an experience? Mm -hmm. It is our people, and yeah. it is that culture. And you know, it's there are a lot of times where I think I have the culture until I start. Diving a little deeper in relation, kind of, maybe that culture is not as good as I thought it was. And you know, I think cust i mean, I think employee—you know—satisfaction, you know, reports, and that's where I want to go with you. It's just like, how do we maintain and build employee satisfaction? So I, I love what you said because it has to start with what don't I know, right? It has there to start with the curiosity for the dealer and the general manager. Um, what don't I know, right? Because there's a difference between everything seems okay mm -hmm. and my team is full of promoters in my business, right? Yes. There, there's, there's a math difference and there's a difference in their head, right? So I, I got the opportunity last year to buy Automotive's oldest employee satisfaction scoring company, started by Ted Crable 23 years ago, um, called ESI Trends, mm -hmm. now called ESIQ. And ESIQ does the work for NADA. We do the annual NADA dealer workforce study. And last year, Jason, we did 117,000 net promoter wow. surveys of automotive people. Right? 117,000. Like, this guy's sitting on some data that I seriously want to get into. Okay, so what, yeah. what was some of the really, let's call it surprising findings you saw? So the stuff you would expect, which yep. is, okay, there's this many people that wouldn't recommend our sales department there and they work there and there's this many people who wouldn't recommend our service department. Right. And, and it's interesting to watch dealers and GMs go, wait a minute. Uh, what did our manager say about that? Well, the manager said they would, but the rest of the team said, mm, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> right. And then the one that gets them always is, would you recommend a friend or family member to come to work here? Mm -hmm. And the average we see across dealerships, is only about 58%, right? Yes. You go look at the Automotive News Best 100 dealerships to work for, 65 of them currently use us to get their data, and you go look at what they get, and they're in the mid to high 70s of people that would recommend that as a place. Friend, family member, come on, join me. It's a really good place. And so once you start getting the data and you go, okay, what did the people who said I wouldn't say? What were the verbatims like? Yes. What, what were they say? I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to put it into three categories for us, right? Um, one of the top things they say is communication. Yeah. I, I told dealers yesterday in my workshop, I said, <laughs> so I know you're going to go, wait a minute, I walk through. I go, hello. I talk to general managers who go, Dave, I walk through the shop. I walk through the whole place every day and I wave, I talk, I say hi. And I go, guess what? They spell hi on Slack. And when I say Slack, you're looking at me going, um, what is that? And I have to help them understand, look, I'm 58, but I'm telling you, they communicate in different ways. Yeah. They define communication different. You can't do a check stuffer anymore because we don't give them checks. We do direct deposits. So <laughs> exactly. So you're, you're, not, you're not handing it out. You're not making that connection. Yep. Yeah. And I go, you're going to have to rethink communication. And, and then I have fun and I go, you know, they communicate differently already about you. And they go, huh? 
I go, you know, they have a private employee group on Facebook that you don't know about where they talk to each other. And they go. I love that. Now. They do? So communication. They say they wish communication was different, more transparent, deeper. Number two, they go, nobody talks to us about growth, development, future, career, path, nothing. They don't talk no, to look, us about I, that. I think that's a great point because like, uh, most of the meetings that I sit in, it is about what the company needs, not what the employee needs. And, um, and, and I think that's, that is a huge, huge uh, mm-hmm. monster opportunity Yes, and documented strategy that needs to be put in place. A keyword documented here, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to kind of mention uh, one other thing you said about communication, right? Because I think look, we're having communication right now. Yeah. This is very intentional mm-hmm. with what we're doing here right now. We made a time. We're here. We had a plan. Exactly. You know, I think sometimes... Not all dealerships, but there are definitely some. There's some better than others for sure. All right. View communication as a proverbial checkbox that I just need to make sure I check off. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it may be like, no, no, no. I walked through the dealership. I said hi to everyone. I shook their hands. Mm-hmm. That's not what is going on right here. This is an intentional. Yeah. That is a proverbial checkbox. You're right. And it has <laughs> to be intentional. And... It has to be with the idea that communication will also be two-way. Mm. It, it has to be, I want to listen. I want to find your creativity. I want to include you in ideas. Uh, I like the idea you'll help make my business better, and then it'll be better for you too. Yeah. And that's tough for a lot of generations of dealers and general managers still, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's a little statistic. Uh, you probably heard this before, right? When you, when you look at the average five-year-old and test them, of five-year-olds test at genius level for creativity. Yeah. 97% of five-year-olds, genius level of creativity, (laughs) right? Uh, Average 18-year-old, 7% test at genius level for creativity. I got all kinds of thoughts on that one, but I want to hear you. (laughs) So we put them in the school system and we go, the only way you're allowed to get the math answer for full points is what? Do it my way. Show me all your work. Yep. That's the only, even if you got the right answer, you had to do it my way and you had to show me the work. It drains the creativity out of them. Yes. Now we put them in the because, workplace. Because, and I think the key, the biggest reason I think for them, we, yeah, hundred percent we do it in the workplace, but it's because we never, we don't empower them. Right. Right. There is no There's, empowerment. Mm-mm. All right. There was someone that's always has power over me. Mm-hmm. And Teacher. then, I, and then to your point, I know where you're going with this. Then we go to the workplace and <laughs> as employers, we go, hey, do you have any ideas about this? And they've been taught for 18 years to go, uh-uh, because you really just want me to do it your way. So go ahead, tell me how to do it your way. You're going to strip exactly. my soul anyway, so let me just get it over with. I, why would I? And, and I tell dealers and GMs, I go, you're going to have to have patience because you're going to have to ask them three or four times. You're going to have to show them that you're not going to go gotcha when they make an error as they were calibrating how to help make the business or a customer experience better. Yes. But the only way to get there is to break out their creativity and let them see that it's not it's not going to be like it was no so and, and you know i just uh, i'm just relentless about it because until the employer starts to rebuild trust with the employees and think about that mm-hmm. we don't do a great job of building trust with the employee we do a great job of going hey so seriously do these things do these things and by the way i'll help you earn more money and today's generation is very transparent about the fact that they go I don't know that that's the most important thing to me. Give me more. And, yeah. and, and, and let's, and, and you know what? And I think this is, 
what else is there? What, what, you know, what, what do they need? Because look, I got into the car business. I didn't need to trust you. And honestly, I didn't need you to know me. And I didn't really need to know a whole lot about you. I just needed to know where the cars were, mm-hmm. where the keys were, and I'm going to make my own paycheck. And that's yeah. how I got into the business. And that was my expectation. I didn't really mm-hmm. expect to get a hell of a whole lot from anything except that there's my desk, there's my phone, there's the cars, and those are the keys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you're 100% right. I think at not just employees, but also customers want to feel known. Mm-hmm. And as the, the, the more I feel connected and known by the brand, all right, this crazy little thing starts to develop, calling it an experience, mm-hmm. starts to come out of it. But I, there are like some great dealers that currently execute this right now. Absolutely. How do we process that, Dave? I, I, I think what we have to do is really help more and more dealers focus on the foundation, which is let's create a culture. Most culture happens by accident in dealerships. It happens I, I, by I who's the GM and who are the managers of the moment, yep. right? Not a lot of dealers set out and go, no, let's build a culture that supports my brand, not just the Chevy Signs brand, my mm. brand as a dealer in my market. And, and it's got to be more than I put a sign up at the football stadium as my brand anymore, right? Yes. That's, that's not what today's environment calls for for them. So I think as we help them understand what culture intention is about and how that's going to impact their brand and the retention of their people, the, the retention data around people is super clear, man, mm-hmm. right? I'm just going to, and I'll share deep anytime you want, right? So, so what we know is that only 56% of automotive technicians, 56% make it three years or more at a dealer. Wow. Do that math for a second. You go, wait a minute. They're the hardest to get. Yes. We need them terribly. We can't find them very easily anywhere in North America anymore. But They're, expre- some, they're expensive to train. Yes. Huge cost. And I and so I help dealers now break it out. Show me the one-year group. Show me the two-year group. Show me the three-year group. And then let me show you how to hug on the two-year group every day. Let me show you how to hug on the one-year group, right? <laughs> so the data is clear. We only we only keep 51% of service advisors three years or more. You know, that, and I got to be honest with that. That actually, to me, even sounds even slightly higher. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I read a study recently that the, um, the average new hire, mm-hmm. all right, three years ago, mm-hmm. all right, before pre-pandemic, okay, had on average about three years of experience. So actually, your numbers are starting to really make sense, right? Because we're saying they're 50% dying off at three years, and they're going to mm-hmm. another dealership, and they have come in with three-plus years of experience. Mm-hmm. I was told recently the new hires have less than a year of experience majority of new hires right now have less of a year of experience so let me opportunity let me, let me tell you how much scary. big the opportunity is so our work on the nada workforce study shows gross profit per employee in the group in under one year yep two year and above three years dramatically different dramatically different so if i'm a dealer there's an 84% correlation that says my customer retention increases when my service advisor team is there more than three years. Mm. And my gross profit per employee goes up when I keep those service advisors and those customers because they spend more, they, they do it's more at my funny, dealership. It's funny how that works, right? <laughs> Intuitively, we talk about it and we go, yeah, no, that makes sense to us. This is what we believe, right? But to a dealer who's caught up in the thick of transactions and we got to sell these and we got to do this and my used car's got to stay in the right buckets, it's hard for them sometimes to go, where am I going to get that data about my store all the time? Yes. And so I teach them how to do it with their own data. 
And then they go, how do I retain them? And I go, ah, now you're going to talk about communication. Yes. Now you're going to talk about develop them and give them a career plan. And now you got to talk about, I'm going to touch the third rail. This is fun when I touch the third rail. Right? Was this, can we talk about their schedule? Oh, okay. Can, can, you, we, can yes. we talk about their comp? Yes. Right? And you want to hear a funny story real quick about schedule? Yeah, tell me. Because, um, so my technicians, okay, when I, when I, when I owned my dealership, yeah. um, I went to a four-day-on, three-day-off schedule. What were you thinking? All right, you everybody told me it was never going to work, all right? It was a horrible idea. Dave, I had technicians banging on my door yeah. to come work with me four days on you know we hustled we did the job in fact i yeah. gotta be honest with you, the four days i found was more efficient there was more done in the four days mm-hmm. i bet you more done in those four days it felt more like a six day week because that's how much was done in four days mm-hmm. three days off they had a life yeah we we have to have the courage to try experiments like that 100 percent but not 30 or 45 day experiments and then go, no, oh, yes, <laughs> right. You got to make a commitment as a dealer and go, okay, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to do what James clear in, in atomic habits says, right. I'm going to do this and I'm going to try and make it a little better and a little better. And I'm going to do it for a year and I'm going to watch from day one to the year. If I just do this schedule a little better, a little better, a little better, what could I do to my retention and how would I be able to measure gross profit per employee would go up because it will. It will, 100% it will. Well, that's to say, look, we started off, we talked about people, you know, we're getting into the kind of the process part of it. And yeah. and I love that you kind of bring this up, you know, is that this, you know, process is, is to me, an organic thing. It's, 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 it's an organism. And, and and I don't see, you know, I, I, I never get romantic about, you know, no, this is what it's going to be. It's going to grow. Mm-hmm. It's going to change. It's going to sometimes get larger and sometimes get smaller. All right. But if you just, if you know what the goal what, what, what success looks like, mm-hmm. and you have the technology to help you measure the efficiency of your process, then you can navigate you know, through to where you get to a point where you got a process that builds amazing people and amazing culture and amazing customer experiences. And, and while you're doing that, it will become so clear to you, what do my people need for skills to mm. make this process Hum. And and I think what's happened a lot of times in automotive, let's take 10 steps to the sale. You and I both learned it, right? Yes. It had different names, but it had nine steps, 10 steps, something, right? Whatever. So you looked at 10 steps to the sale, and we thought that was how they sold cars. Instead of, I have to be super skilled at great questions, or I have to be super skilled at knowing how to work with different kinds of customers, mm-hmm. right? So when you get that living organism of a process... It becomes clear even as it evolves. Oh, wait, I got to skill my people up on this. Wait, no, no, they need new skills to do this process. And, and so in today's environment, when I hear people in dealerships go, uh, hey, you're skipping step three with these people and, and the poor salesperson, right? What are they saying? They go, I've done 32 emails with them over the last 16 days. They're here to buy. We already picked one. They knew the VIN number before I knew the car they wanted. But Dave, I need a, I need a credit card. <laughs> I need a credit card before I can give you numbers. Yes. Uh-huh. And, oh, wait, I should go walk the inventory with you again, <laughs> even though you picked the car ages ago? Exactly. So I, I, I'm, I am hell-bent on the idea that we have to help with skill enablement for these processes to be more yes. successful. Well, and Dave, what... I, I'm in just total awe and in love with your mission. 
Truly am. Um, I'm 100% there with you. Um, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time, and I feel like we could easily jam a good yeah. another hour longer on yeah. this particular subject. It's one of my favorite subjects because it it in it because it bleeds into so much. Yeah. You know, it bleeds into customer retention and customer or into customer retention. And if you have employee retention, guess what? Mm. You also have customer retention. Yeah. You know, definitely, I think a topic we should probably save for another one. But before I let you go, though, Dave, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to learn more and connect with you and you kind of follow along with the journey, yeah. what, what's the best way to connect with you? You know, the, the easiest way is go to the Quantum website. It's quantum with the number five dot AI. Um, go peek at us, find me. Um, you know, I, I love the idea that we're going to do learning readiness for people. I love the idea of it translating the customer experiences through the foundation of culture. So if any of that's important, that's awesome. I'd love to help. Dude, love the mission. Thanks, Thank buddy. you so much for taking the, giant, the time yeah. to jam with, jam yeah. with me today. Right, man. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.